The Self-Made Life Podcast is a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. I'm here to inspire small, local, and creative businesses along their journey to success. I'll share a behind-the-scenes look at what it's like to run and scale a business, branding tips, and I'll also be chatting with other entrepreneurs to share their stories and what it's like to be self-made. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Self-Made Life Podcast. I am your host, Ashley Wyatt, and I am here today with Jordana from The Mindful Clinic, and she also has a podcast too. It's called Head to Heal, which is super informative, especially if you are on like a healing health journey. So I highly recommend that you check it out. Um, But yeah, today we're going to talk to Jordana um, kind of about her journey to entrepreneurship. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about um, my experience in working with Jordana. I just finished like a five or six month like detox. I was not prepared for that, but I am feeling like so much better and I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, so, um, hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for the introduction, Ashley. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Amazing. Um, so we're going to start off with a little boss or bust. So this is basically sharing something that you're proud of or something that maybe didn't go as planned this week. So yeah, do you have a boss or bust for us? Ooh, okay. So I kind of transformed my one-on-one practice to doing more masterminds. And this is the first time that I've really run my program, my six-month program in like a format. And so this week, just so many of my ladies are really doing well. And it's just, it's really nice to be able to see kind of like the community. So this isn't even my win, but like in, in my um, mastermind, we have a Slack group channel. So like everybody can kind of communicate with one another and everyone's sharing effectively and like they're all helping one another. And that was just a huge, like, I guess, big CEO moment for me where I was just like, this is working and it's really nice. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, it's it's always nice to see like when, you know, your clients are, you know, making progress and making waves and you kind of feel like that little cheerleader cheering them on, right? Yeah, and I think that for so much of my practice, not only do I feel so responsible for my clients' success, but for so much of my practice, I feel like I'm the one who has to fix everything when really a lot of the time clients actually have the answers themselves. And like, I I don't give them enough like credit or autonomy in their own healing journey sometimes. And so it was just really nice to see them be able to help one another. Right. I just wasn't even needed. I was like, Oh, my job's here. My job here is done. And it makes like a huge difference when you're like working with people who, you know, are excited and they're like invested to do the work. And like, it just makes it like so much more, like gratifying, you know? Definitely. I think I've gotten pretty good at determining whether somebody's going to be a good fit for working together or not. Like I can sense they're, they're not ready. And, um, and I, I very rarely call in clients like that anymore, but, but yeah, it does make a huge difference. Like when your client is just ready to make changes, it's just, it's smooth sailing. Yeah. And you want it to like feel good and be like a good, experience for both of you right so yeah um hmm. I'm gonna share a boss for the week so I (laughs) am finishing up uh, my last week of teaching 
Um, I'm very excited to have like more space and time. I've really enjoyed teaching. So I teach at um, a college in Toronto. Actually, Jordana goes to that college too. And um, different program, obviously. Um, But yeah, I'm just looking forward to a break and just really focusing on my business and my clients. And this week I booked on three clients. So I'm excited to work with them and uh, work with my team. Um, Okay, so tell us who you are and how you kind of got into entrepreneurship. Okay, so I guess I'll just kind of start from the beginning and where my journey started. So I was obese as a kid and it was, I was bullied and made fun of. So this was like before obesity was really big, whereas like now childhood obesity is a very serious issue. I was the only overweight kid in class. And so I was bullied and made fun of a lot. And this obviously really affected my self-esteem. And so when I was eight years old, I went on my first diet and that was just like starving myself because I didn't really know what else to do. And I received a lot of validation from the people around me. So my parents were like, now I can see your beautiful face. And, you know, the cutest boy in school started talking to me. And it really just taught me from a young age that if I was thin, it meant I was lovable. And this kind of catapulted into years of disordered eating and substance abuse. And then when I was 22 years old, I was kicked out of university. And my parents were like, you have to come home. I went to University of Montreal. My parents were like, you have to come home. We have to figure this out. And so at that point, I actually met my now husband and I got pregnant and my son kind of saved my life because I had to stop using all of my substances, except for the one substance where it all started, which was food. And so I gained a lot of weight in my pregnancy and it was, and I kind of vowed then and there that I would get to the root of my eating disorder and just like really understand eating behavior. So I went back to school to do a uh, nutrition degree. And I graduated as a holistic nutritionist, as valedictorian with first class honors. And I was hired right out of school to work with a medical doctor. And so him and I, uh, it was Dr. Muhammad Abraham. We grew this beautiful obesity practice. We saw over 600 patients. It was, it was just a really amazing experience. But in the clinic, I saw the same type of person. Like nobody wakes up and they're like, hey, I want to be overweight. And when I was studying holistic nutrition, I learned a lot about like the functions of the body. So you know, detox and body metabolism and balancing hormones and fertility and like, and all of this, all, everything from a functionality standpoint and like root cause perspective, but it still didn't answer my question for like, you know, we know an apple's healthier than a chocolate bar, but we still choose a chocolate bar anyways. And I saw this a lot in the obesity clinic. And so I became really obsessed with understanding the motivation behind people's behavior as it results to like self-sabotage and food behaviors. So I'm back to school to do a master's and PhD in behavioral psychology, and that's where I'm at now. So I haven't completed it. I still have quite a bit to go, but I am uh, I, I, I'm there every year, and I run my practice simultaneously. So to answer your question of how I got into entrepreneurship, I was working in the clinic with a medical doctor um, for quite some time, and I was very comfortable. You know, like I actually, a lot of my friends and my family around me, like not so much my family, but my, my husband, he was like, Jordani, you need to be doing this on your own. Like, just go out, do your own practice. And I was like terrified of being an entrepreneur. I was like, you know, entrepreneurs not for me. I like the stability, the salary. I really do. Like, I, I love, I crave that security and stability. But when I was working with the doctor, I was working nine to five. And then we lived about 40 minutes away from our house. Like, my job was about 40 minutes away from my house. 
I never saw my son. I was like, I burning the candle at both ends and still barely making 30 grand a year. And so it was, you know, after the doctor closed the clinic, which was kind of a blessing in disguise, I was like, what the fuck do I do now? And it wasn't until I went back to school and started learning more about like brain behavior activity and being like, hey, once I fixed myself, I was like, I can help other people. And so then I, you know, just kind of started with one client and then two, and then it was 10K months and 20K months. <laughs> and so it just kind of grew into this like beautiful experience. And I, I'm so glad I'm an entrepreneur now, but looking back, like, I don't know that I would have ever been able to see myself in this role. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, I love your story. And like, I honestly like can relate to it so much. And I feel like that's why, like, I was drawn to like working with you like growing up like I was an overweight child too like grew up with like an Italian family nonna nonna's house after school before (laughs) school you know finish your pasta or else Jesus will cry I love them both but like it was an issue um but yeah no I definitely feel like I'm in a better place now not just like you know, like with working with you, it wasn't so much for like losing the weight. It was more like on my fertility journey, which I'm very thankful with working with you. And I know that I'm in the right direction. Um, but like, just like the mental clarity and like the energy, like it has been so instrumental for like my growth over the last couple of months, even just like with growing my business, like I don't think I would have been able to do that while teaching basically full-time running my business full-time and like taking care of myself like it was a lot but I wouldn't like change it for anything um so it's it's actually so true so no no go ahead um, I have a lot quite a few entrepreneurs in my uh, that I work with that are my my own clients and honestly health as well like in every in every single experience that when I work with these other entrepreneurs they're like oh my gosh my business skyrocket and I'm like well yeah because like when you're taking care of yourself like people feed off that energy you give off a different vibe and people want to work with you more right you have to take care of yourself before you can really help or take care of anyone else and you can get by right like you can get by and you know burn the candle at both ends and find these random clients but when you start to prioritize your own health and your own needs the right people come to you you're able to scale so much quicker so I just I believe all that stuff is connected oh my gosh yeah like uh like a million percent like yes um so like what is holistic healing and why should someone kind of look into this method over let's say like working with you know, a doctor prescribing like prescription drugs or like surgery or, you know, other methods? Yeah, it's a good question. And I will say that I am in a very fortunate position where I've had kind of the best of both worlds, right? Like I was able to work one-on-one with a medical doctor. It was an amazing experience and I learned so much from him. And when it comes down to it, like, honey, if you're having a heart attack, like, please go to the hospital. Like, I can't help you with my herbs over here, right? But, and and so in these acute situations, it's really important. Like, Western medicine is brilliant. It's life-saving, right? But when it comes to these chronic conditions, unfortunately, the Western medicine and the medical field is just not taught in a, from a root cause approach. The way that they're taught is like, these are the symptoms, here's the pharmaceutical. And so the pharmaceutical companies kind of rule and govern the education that most doctors go through. And 
the reality is the body is actually self-sustaining. Like the body is all healing. It is designed to heal itself. You have no idea in one single instant how many molecular like reactions are happening just to keep you alive. Like just in that one moment to keep your blood pH at a certain level, because if it's 0.1 up or 0.1 down, like you're dead. And so the body is literally constantly like trying to find this state of equilibrium and trying to find the state of homeostasis, which is just balance. And if we give the body the right environment, it will heal itself. With that being said, like, I mean, of course, having a heart attack, please go to the doctor, but all the stuff leading up to that and then the chronic conditions, that's where holistic healing comes in. So holistic healing is really just looking at the body as a whole. And when I was studying holistic nutrition, we learned about, you know, how obviously what we eat is who we are. Like our body literally takes food, breaks it down, takes those nutrients, feeds our cells. And that's, that's how we, that's how we have this exchange of energy, right? That's how we grow ourselves. We create new ones, et cetera. But it's actually so much more than that. And it wasn't until I went back to school to study more like neuropsychology and brain behavior activity that I was able to understand this connection between the brain and the body. So if there's like mental issues going on, or if there's like emotional trauma or anything, that's going to impact the body as well. And so we have to create this like really harmonious environment, not only from like what we're consuming, like physically, whether it's, you know, toxins or or food that we're eating, et cetera, but it's also like the experiences that we go through and how we talk to ourselves and our thoughts. And so holistic healing is, I mean, if you go to, there's many types of holistic doctors, right? Like a chiropractor is technically a holistic doctor or a naturopath, but I do believe in this like really strong relationship between the brain and the body. And I think once we separate the two, like there's still disharmony. So in my, from my description, holistic healing is really connecting the brain and the body and like looking at the body from a whole and finding the root cause and once we address that root cause and we create a harmonious environment, the body is designed to heal itself. Yeah, no, like a hundred percent. And like, I have been experiencing this over the past, like more so like two months, like with, you know, finishing the detox. Like when I came to you, like I literally thought that my body was broken. <laughs> like I was like, all right, you got your work cut out for you. Like, let's do this. But like now I'm like, whoa, like I think I have like one day left with like the HT binders. And then like I literally just finished my first or the first bottle of um, the Inflama control, which like helps with like inflammation. I'm just like, holy shit, where has this been? But like I know that it's like important to kind of like do like the work first and then like because it is like a multi-step process so um I know that you have like a couple different programs and can you kind of like tell us a little bit about each of those programs and what would you kind of suggest if like you're not sure which program would be right for you yeah for sure so I have these two kind of branches to my practice. And so my, like my love and my passion is really in food psychology and that's helping people overcome disordered eating patterns, like, and not so much anorexia, but more so binge eating disorder, emotional eating, stress eating. So when we're using food as a mechanism to cope, that's when shit goes awry because like at the end of the day, we come into this world as very intuitive beings. Like babies will never ever cry for food if it's not hungry, right? And so when we have these like emotional tendencies towards food, then that's when thing we start to see weight gain and overeating. And and then if we're overeating, we're feeling shitty about ourselves. And so we have this guilt spiral and it all just kind of like goes all together. So 
my, so I have this food psychology branch, which is where I work with clients to literally like unfuck their relationship with food so that they can like lose weight sustainably and eat whatever they want and never be overweight. And then I have this other branch of my program, which is more like detox and body rebalancing, which is kind of where you came in, right? So um, Ashley, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to put this out publicly, but you don't really have behavioral tendencies towards food. Like, yes, everybody in this universe loves cake. Like we can't deny that that's a delicious taste, but if we're not binge eating and like self-sabotaging on food and we're still overweight, there's much deeper work that needs to be done and much deeper rebalancing. And this is when we start to look into balancing hormones or uh, pathogens or et cetera. So there's actually only three ways that the body can become imbalanced and that's through a, a deficiency, a toxicity, or a pathogen. And if we have emotional stuff like emotional trauma going on, the emotional trauma is going to weaken the immune system, which is going to allow one of these three things to kind of proliferate and, and occur. And so you're either going to fit into the food psychology portion, or you're going to fall into the detox portion where in the detox portion, we're working so much more on like a functional metal. Uh, I mean, in a functional way. So understanding what the imbalances are and rebalancing the body so that the body can like heal itself. Whereas the food psychology really focuses more on psych psychology around food. Yeah. And I remember like when I first reached out to you, I wasn't sure like which program I should do. Sorry, my cat is going crazy. She's just I'm loving it. <laughs> I keep on like picking her up, putting putting her on the ground. Now she's on the back of my chair. Obviously, you, you guys can't see this, but um, but yeah, like I'm just like blown away by like you know really figuring. Like at first, I thought okay, like I have like behavioral problems with food, and like I needed to heal. I thought that I needed to heal that relationship. But like when we started doing the work, it wasn't so much like my issues like around food. It was more so like the pathogens and like the imbalances that were causing me to like be hangry and like, you know, be out of whack. And like, I remember like telling you, like, I'm not even hungry. Like, and I remember like maybe months before, very like distinctly, we were looking at like, uh, open houses and I like had to like come home because I was so hangry and I like ate whatever was in sight and I was like oh my gosh no like I don't want to be but it was because of like these imbalances and like um like my blood sugar and like cortisol like all that obviously I don't know exactly what I'm talking about but like Jordana knows more so you can explain more of that <laughs> Yeah. So, and, and right off the bat, like if, to decide which program you would fall into, this is where like I offer a free consultation. And so I also do have an online application. So if you, this, it, with steps for working for me, working with me, you would fill out an application. I'd see what's going on. And then I'd be like, okay, I totally understand what's going on here or let's book a consultation just so I can get a better idea. And just by talking to somebody, like I obviously have, I've been doing this for quite some time. So I, I have very specific questions I ask and I can tell just by somebody's experience, whether they need the more food psychology route or if they just need the detox. And so, and you're totally right. Like a lot of these pathogens that live inside of us, whether it's parasites or candida or whatever it is, that's creating the imbalances. They tend to, they have, a, they're very hungry. Like these, these are starving creatures. They want to eat, right. They want to survive. And so, and a lot of them, they create mostly glucose because that's what they use as energy. So a lot of the time I see clients who are like, 
I'm just addicted to sugar. But when we really break it down and like, you're actually not addicted to sugar, you're just like, you have these pathogens inside of you, which we need to recorrect, or sometimes it's both. So if you're in the food psychology program, we, some, we can add the detox in because the food psychology program is six months, whereas the detox is like four months. But with the detox program, we're not really working on food psychology at all. Um, but yeah, it just, it really just depends on like your history, your health history, what symptoms you have. And I can pretty much determine just from meeting you and having a conversation where, where you fit best. Yeah. Okay. I need to take a little break and just share one of our favorite tools, which is HoneyBook. So HoneyBook is our CRM system and we really can't live without it. We have been using it for the past almost four years and it's been like life-changing in our business. So from leads that kind of filter through our website form, it kind of populates into a new project for us and seamlessly we can send proposals, we can schedule calls, we can send over invoices, contracts, brochures. And what I love most about it is... It's just so easy on the client end and we are able to get paid quickly and efficiently and we're able to keep everything together in one easy and simple to use spot. Um, So if you are looking for a client management system, I highly recommend HoneyBook. Um, It has been a total game changer in our business, and I have no doubt that it'll be a total game changer for you too. So um, if you want to use our exclusive uh, 50% off your first year, um, you can head over to our website, themonarchdesign.co forward slash resources and click get 50% off HoneyBook and start like utilizing your time better. This thing has literally changed our lives and I wouldn't be sharing it if I wasn't like raving about it. So definitely give it a try. Let me know what you think. Um, I also wanted to mention they have a setup concierge. So in I think your first like week or so, you're able to work with someone directly in HoneyBook and they're able to set up everything for you. They're able to set up your contract, all your, your files, all your services, your pricing, so that literally when you go to send a proposal or invoice, it is so simple. You can also work with workflows so you can schedule emails, you can um, put together workflows so that like, let's say you are working with a wedding client and, you know, you want to send them a questionnaire or timeline schedule for like two weeks before their event, you can definitely schedule send that and put together a workflow so that you're you're kind of working smarter and not harder. So uh, HoneyBook has done more than just save me time. Uh, it helps me to get paid quicker and also look really professional when working with my clients. Um, you know, it's easy for them to get the proposal, get the contract, sign the document, and I'm able to get paid quickly and efficiently. So uh, check out HoneyBook and go over to our website, themonarchdesign.co forward slash resources and click on the link, get 50% off HoneyBook today. So let's talk a little bit about these critters. (laughs) (laughs) I was very disturbed at first. I was like, you want me to do what? 
Mm-hmm. And like all in all, like I have done this like for my own health to feel better. But like kind of walk us through like the different like processes of the detox program and why it's important to follow those. Yeah, absolutely. So it doesn't really matter what you're coming to me for, whether it's like fertility or hormonal imbalances, or if it's like digestive issues or whatever it is at the end of the day, like there's a root cause and the root cause is always toxicity, B deficiency or pathogen. And so just to be like really safe, the detox addresses all three of those, right? And it doesn't really like prioritize what pathogen is in there. It doesn't matter if it's H. pylori or candida or parasites. We want to address all of them because let's say we treat for candida and there's parasites there, candida will keep coming back, right? So basically the way that the detox works, it's very specific and it works in like very specific stages. So we can't just start tackling pathogens. Like if somebody comes to me and they're like, I have chronic diarrhea, doctor diagnosed me with IBS, which is like such a bullshit diagnosis, doctor diagnosed me with IBS, I have chronic diarrhea, what do I do? I'm like, okay, great. This is likely a parasite. So we will, we can't just start addressing parasites because if we go in and tackle parasites and all of the detox pathways are closed, you're going to feel really, really sick. And it's actually quite dangerous. And you can, you can actually die. Like people have died from doing detoxes where they haven't properly opened up the pathway. So this is why if you're listening to this and you're thinking about a detox, please just work with a practitioner. Don't just get like a 30 day detox off the shelf. But So the first stage of the detox is really where we're opening the detox pathways. And we have seven areas of elimination. It's not just like the bowels and the liver. It's the bowels, the liver, the kidneys, the uh, skin system, the respiratory system, the blood, and the lymph. So there's so many different systems that have to be open and ready to like release toxins or else we release a bunch of toxins and they just circulate and you risk them going to your brain or your heart, which is really, really dangerous. So we basically open up all the doors in the beginning. We start to address some of these detox pathways. And then the second and the third month, we start tackling pathogens once the detox pathways are open. And so we're really tackling everything from microscopic pathogens all the way to like the larger nematodes, which are just the the typical like worm looking parasites. And then in the fourth month, just depending on what we see in the second and third month. So like with Ashley, we, we did find parasites, right? And so we, if I see them a lot in the third month, I'll say, let's repeat this month, just because parasites also work on like a moon cycle. So they come out in the full moon to mate um, <laughs> in the digestive system. So if you're listening to this and you get any increased symptoms around the full moon or the new moon, like this is <laughs> a really good reason why, but it's probably parasites. But anyways, they, uh, they come in the full moon and they mate. And so we definitely, if we find the larger parasites, we want to have at least three moon cycles where we're tackling them just to make sure we get all of them out. And then in the last month, we kind of seal up the gut and like do one last sweep for toxins and then uh, reduce inflammation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember like when that started and I was like, uh, okay, but I do feel a lot better. I would say 90% of the people who come to me and they're like, I have digestive issues or hormone imbalances or whatever it is. And I'm like, it's parasites. They're like, no, it's not. (laughs) And and I'm like, okay, but let's just do it anyways. Like I've, I very, I I have like an over 99% success rate. I've only had like one or two people not be successful in my program. And that's for both programs together. 
And so I'm pretty confident, like I, if I, I'm pretty confident once I talk to you that I'm, I'm going to be able to help you or I'll refer you out if I'm not confident. But if I think it's parasites, like it is for, for sure. So just like, let's see it through. And then we often find these like massive parasites and it's really fun for me because I get to be like, I told you so, but also now we found the root cause and you're going to feel a lot better. So does everyone have parasites or like how, like, where do you get them? And like, how can you like be preventative from them, like coming back or like? Yeah. So part of the reason why I'm so confident is because everybody has parasites. Like we all do. We're just exposed to them so frequently. So the difference between somebody who has parasites and is feeling symptoms and somebody who has parasites and is not is just depending on the, the terrain and the strength of the body. So we are exposed to parasites literally everywhere. It's everywhere in our ecosystem. If you've been in a public washroom, if somebody didn't wash their hands, like they start off microscopic. So you can't see them, right? Like there's so much bacteria and parasites in the food we eat. The most common place we get parasites is unwashed lettuce. So I've had a few vegans come to me and they're like, oh, I don't eat meat, so I don't have parasites. And I'm like, bug them out. <laughs> you, do, you still do. Um, and so they start off microscopic and we have lines of defense in our body that's supposed to like fight them off, right? So the first line of defense is our stomach acid. The stomach acid's job is to sterilize the stomach. It's one of the jobs is to sterilize the stomach, ionize the minerals, and then churn the food, right? So once the uh, once we're exposed to a parasite, it's usually through our food. So it'll go in our stomach. And if you've got good stomach acid, great. That's it, right? It doesn't go further than that. But one thing that will weaken stomach acid is stress. So if you're even just like a little bit stressed, stomach acid goes down by 60%. If you're eating while driving, if you're walking around like and not sitting down mindfully eating, we reduce stomach acid. And so then parasites can get into the digestive tract. And then we have other lines of defense there. We have like our microbiome, our immune system that's supposed to fight them off. But if our immune system's weakened, parasites can grow and proliferate. And that's when they start to grow into the larger like nematodes or they start to mate. But there's actually certain types of parasites that can live dormant in the body for 72 years. And they wait for like an opportune moment for you to be like, go through like a life event they wait for their opportunistic. So they wait for like an opportune moment for your immune system to be weak, excuse me, for your immune system to be weak. And then they start to proliferate and grow. So like seven, you can live with parasites for 72 years, then your spouse dies or something. And like, now you have all of these symptoms. Well, you actually had the parasite the whole time. It's just that they were dormant and your immune system kept them in check. And now it can't anymore because you, you went through an experience. So when anybody comes to me and they're like, oh, you know, I don't think it's parasites. I'm like, let's just treat for it anyways, because the chances are we're going to find something. And as far as like how to answer your question for how to not reintroduce them or how to keep ourselves safe. So I recommend everybody does a parasite cleanse at like one. If you're doing a good one, every four years is fine, right? For my clients that have done this, this like longer term one, like my functional detox, I'll always recommend, especially if you're eating things like sushi or you're going traveling, I'll always recommend you take a tincture with you that is antiparasitic. So right off the bat, before you're eating your meals, you're going to be killing the parasites. So a friend of mine went to Bali and she went with her cousins and I was like, just bring this wormwood with you and take it and eat it, take it before every meal. And all of her cousins got sick except for her. So, you know, there are ways to kind of stay this off, but we don't want to be on something like an antiparasitic long-term because the body can build up like uh, resiliency to it and so can the parasites. And so after you do the detox, you just, with foods that are, you're more likely to get it, I would say 
keep this tincture with you. And then like every four years, we just want to do a nice little sweep up. Wow. Yeah. I am. I used to love sushi. I do not anymore. And I have been a clean freak when it comes to like washing my produce. Like I'm talking vinegar and baking soda, just, you know, kill any of the bad shit. Yeah. And, and I, like, I totally hear you. If you guys are listening and interested, there's a really disturbing, but very interesting book called Look Who Came to Dinner. And it's all about parasites and you will never eat sushi again after eating that, reading that book. And I will say when I was doing, when I was learning about all this stuff, I didn't have sushi for a couple of years. Now I have, like, I love sushi. I'm, I'm about to give birth in a couple of weeks, but even through my pregnancy, like I've been eating sushi, but um, yeah, I'll just, after the pregnancy, I will be doing a detox for sure. Yeah. Get all that bad shit out of you. Um, okay, so like we open up the pathways and we get all the stuff out and then we seal it all up. Um, what would you like? Are there any like things that you can like recommend? Like I know that you you mentioned you should really work with someone who is a professional through this because it can be very dangerous. Um, but is there anything that like someone can do at home? Um to kind of like help in the meantime. Yeah, absolutely. Well, some foods are really antiparasitic. And so I'd start with like the food-based stuff. So, you know, papaya seeds, one of the things that you can do, this was like a big trend on TikTok. So um, what you can do is the papaya seeds, if you've ever seen them before, they have this like gel kind of capsule around them. They're really interesting. But anyways, you just want to take them and put them on a like a, a paper towel and break the capsule and let them dry. And then you can put them, You can, they're very peppery. So you can put them in like a pepper mill and use them as pepper instead of regular pepper. Mm-hmm. And uh, papaya seeds are extremely anti-parasitic. Same with uh, pumpkin seeds. Uh, and so also garlic, parasites hate garlic. And if you are somebody who reacts to garlic when you eat it, that's like a pale tell sodium of parasites. So just FYI. Because I know a lot of people like have garlic and they're like burping it up for days or they they get really upset stomachs or whatever. So um, any of the sulfurous foods, so like garlic and onions, as well as the methylators or the the chelators. So parsley, uh, cilantro, beets, like any of the foods that are going to be naturally detoxing, I would start with like food based stuff. And then one thing that you can do is you can add apple cider vinegar before every one of your meals. So like a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar in water before all your meals, and you're going to help to increase that stomach acid. So you're going to fight off anything that you're going to come in contact to because you are going to come in contact with it. Like you can be as clean as you want, but it's, it's not like we can't control this, but we can control is like the strength of our body and our body's ability to fight this stuff off. That's really helpful. Yeah. I, I, uh, I tried out the um, papaya seeds, just like eating them by the spoon. I didn't love it. Um, and I'm definitely going to try to like try them <laughs> instead. My husband was like, what are you doing? But it's fine. Everything's fine. Um, okay. So we met at the gym like years ago and then we cross- crossed paths like last year through the same mastermind and we're both kind of like on this like entrepreneurship journey um and we're both like big advocates of like 
morning routine. So can you share your morning routine? Because I know that you have a really great one and I feel like our listeners would really enjoy hearing about it. Yeah, I'd love to. I will say that through this pregnancy, I've been like, not lazy with it, but some things have been taken out of my typical, but I'll tell you my typical morning routine because it's awesome. Uh, But I I wake up usually around like 4.35, five o'clock latest. And I I find that in the morning, I just have the most creative energy. So I'll wake up, I'll have my hot water with a little bit of apple cider vinegar and a pinch of salt. And I'll come and sit down at my desk and start answering emails or um, getting right to my journaling. So one of the first things that I do is I journal in the morning and I just kind of like, I will definitely always do my affirmations and my gratitude but sometimes I will do like future self journaling or I'll do free flow writing or just kind of whatever comes to my head. And then I'll always pick a card. Like I use, I have, I right now I'm using the angel cards, like the angels and guide cards. So I'll always like pick a card and kind of set my intention for the day. And then sometimes if I have time, I will listen to a hypnosis, which I, but sometimes I find that makes me sleepy. So I like it just depends on like the day. But I'll always do like my journaling and my morning stuff. And then I'll go and get movement in once I've had a bowel movement. And once and my movement can be anything from like a walk to, you know, prior to this, it was like kickboxing in the morning. Um, some days were high intensity workouts or weight training. But I, when I'm not pregnant, I typically work out like four to five times a week. And some of that, some of the time, the exercise is really just a walk outside. So when I'm not talking like killing yourself every day here, but just mainly to get that movement in. I also, I I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was like eight years old. So movement in the morning is like really important for ADHD kids because it just gets more oxygen to the brain. And then once I work out before anybody in my household is up, I'll come home, people will start to be waking up and I'll pack lunches and like get my son ready for school and just kind of like get the, get the day going. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So how long does that normally take you? So I would say between five and eight, it's really just me time. And then once eight o'clock hits, like seven thirty, eight o'clock, I'm like in mom mode and I do that for an hour and then kid goes to school and I'm back to, then I'm in business mode. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. And like, I've um, worked with like a few like moms who are also entrepreneurs and like, that's like the biggest thing that I've heard is like, they don't, they don't know like where they can like carve out time so I love that you kind of like set yourself up for like the morning before everyone is up and and then you switch on I love that I'm gonna like try to harness that honestly ever since my son was born I I used to wake up earlier I used to be 420 I won't do that again (laughs) but like um, because I would like wake up at four twenty and then run, so so silly. But uh, yeah, I if I, I don't wake up in that morning and have that me time, I feel lost. Like I just feel like I'm doing everything for other people, and it's not it's not conducive for like my personal health. If you guys follow Human Design, I'm a projector, so like me too. Really surprising. Also, if you know me, <laughs> because projectors are supposed to be like really, really chill. Work just one or two hours a day. I'm like the opposite of that right now, so we're we're working on it. But I really do need that time for myself and to kind of like regroup and reset and ground myself and set myself up with good intentions, or else, or else I feel lost. No, I love that. Um, Okay, so if you could kind of go back and give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? 
(laughs) I would just say like so cheesy but like honey you're enough like I think that growing up I was I always grew up and I was always very intelligent like from when I was a child in elementary school and in my teen years I just kind of like stopped caring about school and cared more about like substances and body image and it really lowered my self-esteem and made me feel like I wasn't good enough and I wouldn't be able to be successful and and yeah I was just looking back now like I was literally right before this call full disclosure I'm very pregnant and emotional right now but like right before this call I was like bawling my eyes out because I was like I cannot believe how far I've come like and so my 18 year old self really would have like felt like a degenerate I I was in prison when I was 17 years old and I felt like yeah like so at 18 like I had no future in mind and and so I I would really tell that version of myself you know like you're enough like you actually have everything you need and you're going to be successful so just just go for it oh I love that yeah like when I saw you like come on Google Meet I was like do you have like allergies I didn't want to say anything (laughs) (laughs) But I'm glad it was like happy tears. <laughs> it's all good. Um, <laughs> um, what is one piece of advice that you would give someone who is just starting out either on their healing journey or entrepreneurship journey? So healing journey, I would say there is nothing wrong with you. Your body is not destined to suffer. Okay. It's not your cross to bear. And I think like this is the thing I hear the most, like there's something wrong with me. My body's broken. And like, if we have that attitude, it's never going to get fixed. Right. So we have to, you have to really have a firm belief that like this, like I may not have found the answer yet, but no matter what, my body's going to heal itself because it's designed to do that. So I would tell that the health journey person, like there's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. Okay. You're going to be fine. And um, anybody who's starting their entrepreneur journey, I would just say that like there are people making hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting on a beach doing fucking nothing. And there are people who like I just saw this one on Instagram who's like gets like $10,000 for recommending a baby name or something silly. But like there are people who are very underqualified that are making a lot of money. So like know your worth and charge within it, like charge exactly what you want to make and and don't be afraid to tell people that the right people will find you. I love that. I love both of those spot on. Okay, so we're going to go into a little rapid fire before we wrap up. So this is just really fun. It's just, you know, say the first thing that comes to mind. I'm going to give you two options. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. City or country? Country. Mountains or beach? Beach. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. (laughs) Coffee or tea? Coffee. Uh, burger or pizza? Pizza. Call or text? Text. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, before you know, we close out, where can our listeners find you online? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. I'm probably most active there. I'm not a super techie person, so that's like my only way that I reach out. But I'm at the Mindful Clinic Inc. And Mindful is spelled with two L's. And then you can find me on my website, which is just themindfulclinic.com. And of course, my podcast, which is the Head to Heal podcast. Amazing. I will link everything in the show notes. Um, This is 
you know, we are like in this process of leading up to season four, which I'm really excited for like this podcast. So um, it'll be a couple weeks before this comes out, but I will let you know in advance, obviously. Um, But yeah, uh, definitely check out Jordana's podcast. Go give her a follow on Instagram and um, good luck with your healing and entrepreneurship journey. Thanks so much for having me, Ashley. You're welcome. Bye, everyone. Hey, before you go, I just want to express my gratitude for sticking around and being here and just listening to this podcast. I would so, so appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review, subscribe to the podcast, and tell your friends and family about it. Share on social media. The more and more that we get these reviews, we get these feedbacks from you, um, and the more you share, the more that we're able to reach like-minded listeners just like you and help to provide more value. So I would just so, so appreciate it if you could share away and yeah, thanks so much for being here.